Welcome to another episode of The Known Podcast. I'm your host, Mandy McDonald. Please pardon the voice. It's that time of year when all of the really fun germs are traveling around, but I'm here with you anyway. Today, just in time for the new year and for planning not just your schedule, but who you want to become in the next 365 days, is my friend Polly Payne Willoughby from Horatio Printing. If you have not bought your planner yet, this is perfect for you. I want you to hear all about her dream planners. If you have bought your planner, I want you to hear about her Bible studies and other things that she offers. Thank you to all of you who have been listening, commenting, and sharing. I appreciate it so much and I really hope that you do the same with this episode. Polly has a message for everyone about not giving up on your dreams, not counting yourself out, and not conforming to the patterns of this world. Every day that we have on this earth is a new opportunity. So let's make the most of those opportunities. Let's plan and let's make 2020 the best year yet. You are going to want to listen to the end because Polly is generously giving all of my listeners a discount. And we'll share that code at the end and, of course, in show notes on mandymcd.com. M-A-N-D-E-E-M-C-D.com. You can also find links to all of the social places and ways to share the show with others. Without further ado, here is Polly. So I'm Polly Payne. I'm the founder of Horatio Printing, and I'm happy to share my story. So I'm a small-town girl. Grew up in Fairhope, Alabama, on the Gulf Coast, and I am the youngest of two brothers, Um, so I was the third child, and really, I grew up in the church. Um, My mom was very diligent about bringing us to church uh, three times a week, Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and so basically, if church was open, we were there, and so I grew up with a relationship with Jesus, um, was baptized when I was eight, and was super blessed to have an incredible people so into me and plant beautiful seeds that really helped me to know Jesus and know I was loved. I guess where the story takes a turn would probably be <laughs> where a lot of people's, uh, you know, does, which is, you know, at the end of high school into college, I just kind of, to really condense it, I really just kind of put God in a box and just kind of put him into this space and really wanted to just kind of live my own life and not have any rules. I started dating different people. And I think for me, I just really started seeking that validation from the people I was dating Mm -hmm. versus seeking that from my heavenly father. And some of those relationships, I think, were pretty good, and, and some of them are very toxic. And I really started to date people in college, especially that, um, not that the person was toxic, but the way that I sought my validation from them mm-hmm. um, and placed all my value on whether or not they loved me or thought I was pretty or whatever, that was just like a really unhealthy turn in my life. And that's really when I think God, I put God in a box because I wasn't really seeking his advice. I wasn't seeking his love or his validation or his truth. I really was just looking for the world and I was looking for men to tell me I'm pretty, to make me feel wanted, to make mm-hmm. me feel validated. And I ended up moving off to London. I was working over there and I was actually dating an atheist at the time. And I think that's when. I really was just kind of like, I don't know. I just feel like I, I hid all of my truths I knew because I was putting this person on a pedestal so much. 
And after that, a lot of people would say like, wow, you're so courageous. You moved off to London, you were working abroad. And like, you know, I went and did this internship in New York and everyone's like, wow, you're so courageous. But I think there's a big difference between being worldly courageous and like godly courageous. Yeah. Because people would say I'm courageous. My mom would probably just say I'm rebellious. Right. (laughs) But I think in a lot of ways, like my nature is impulsive. Like I I have FOMO hardcore. Mm -hmm. And I really just like, as a college student, I really just wanted to do everything and see everything and, um, you know, just experience everything. And so I just kind of went a little crazy, I guess. Um, and then from there, straight from college, I moved to New York. And at that point I kind of taped God in the box shut (laughs) and took him with me to New York. I mean, I still had this love in my heart for God and I had this courage, but I was so empty inside because I just put God into this box. Like I still knew he loved me, but it didn't matter. Like my value wasn't from him at that point. Like I just, I wanted to prove my, prove to my family that I was smart. I wanted to prove to people who thought I was an airhead that I was capable. And, and I, put myself into really intense situations. I got an awesome job in New York um, right off the bat in 2009, which is right when like the crisis Mm -hmm. was happening. You know, I got the job I needed to live in Manhattan and to live on my own. And so I was really just seeking so much validation. I don't think all of the worldly confidence is bad. Like it is good to put yourself out there and try new things. Um, But I think my heart and where I was coming from in a lot of ways was off because Jesus wasn't my center, if that makes sense. Um, And so I kept living in New York, you know, and God's basically locked up in a box (laughs) in my closet because I was afraid to open it. I was afraid to get any, um, you know, I just felt like I'd get all this retribution and Mm. judgment, you know, and like, oh, I know I'm doing all these things that are so wrong. Like, I just felt very distant from God. My poor sweet mother in Alabama was just praying for me, praying for me, and uh, a prayer works because I had people <laughs> in my office that started getting hired that were all believers in this at this ad tech company I was working for, and this one guy Alex kept inviting me to church, and he invited me to church over and over and over, and finally I was like, okay, Alex, yeah, I'll go, and um, he invited me to Hillsong, New York. And that was like the first year it had even opened up. Mm -hmm. And he even was like, I'll meet you for coffee before, which to me is just a testament to never stop inviting people to church because you have Mm -hmm. no idea how it's going to alter their life forever. (laughs) And I finally said, yes, I showed up. And it was like, when I walked into the church, it was like, I walked into the box. It was like, I stepped into the box. I thought I had taped up. And I was so overwhelmed with love and acceptance and not the condemnation I so feared. And I just, I, I was like crying like I was in like a youth revival. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just like, oh, I just felt God's presence and his love and he felt so close. And that really began, began my journey back to, to Christ and really my journey of putting my validation and my trust and my hope and my joy where it belonged versus mm-hmm. looking at you know, for men and acceptance and accolades and success in my, in, in, in my work, I really started to just accept the love of Christ and to receive his grace over my sins. And it was just amazing. And I kept going back to church. Um, I was still suffering from different addictions. I was still suffering from, you know, a sin in my life, but it was this beautiful journey of God just rescuing me, you know? And from there, uh, I got another job at a different company 
which was awesome. It was a beautiful company. I was like the ninth employee and the owner had a vision of having a faith-based and a, like a whole company of believers basically. Mm-hmm. And so he took me out to this lunch and he's like, so what's your testimony? And I was so not ready at this point. I'd probably been going to church for like two months <laughs> and I'm like, are you serious? Um, and I tell him my story and he had found me through Facebook and was like, I just knew I had to reach out to you. It was a total God thing. And, um, he told me to pray about quitting my job and and coming over to his company. And I went to church that Sunday and that was the Sunday that oceans came out, you know, the song. Oh yeah. And it was like, okay, I guess I'm quitting my job. And I (laughs) I looked to my right and I see him worshiping down on the, um, the bottom of Irving Plaza, which is where we used to meet. And, uh, and so that's when I quit my job and moved over (laughs) to his job. And from there, this whole group of interns were just these incredible people that volunteered at Hillsong that we met up on Wednesday mornings and we did prayer before work started and just listening to these people pray And the way that they loved Jesus and talked to him like he was their friend and their father was just really moving for me. And that really was another huge catalyst in my reintroducing my relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, From there, I heard Erwin McManus preach at church and bought his book, The Artist and Soul. And I decided based on his book and what he taught that I needed to redesign my life into a work of art. The theory of his book and the whole thesis is that because we're created in the image of God, we are all artists, even if we don't feel creative, because we're created in his image and he is the divine creator. So it's in our human nature to dream and to risk and to create and to build with God. And so that really just made me realize that my life needed to be reshifted to become the work of art that I wanted it to be. And I needed a planner to do that. And so I started sketching out the planner that night. I got really excited. And one of the interns at my company I was working at was a calligraphy artist and just mm-hmm. all around amazing designer. And so I hired her and another intern and we built the first Horatio printing planner together. That was August of 2014. And we released our planner that year um, and sold a thousand copies Mm. and um, started that business in like three months. And from there, I just started building this Christian business. I really had no business telling people, you know, I just felt, you know, I felt like I had no business because of the sin of the past like decade that I've walked through. Um, But it was just so sweet that in my mess, Jesus really met me because when I was reading that book, I was listing out all the things I was wasting my time on. And one of the things was um, schmoozing clients because I was a salesperson. Mm -hmm. So part of my job was to meet people, talk to them, like take them out for drinks, take them out for dinner. And like, I really was good at that. And I just felt the Lord say, I'm going to use this for a ministry. Like I gave you this people skill talent for my good, for my, for my purpose, for my kingdom. It was not for you to sell this stuff. And I was like, what? Like, you want to use me? Like, I am sick right now. I am sinful. And it was just a beautiful moment. And that's really when I was like, wow, God's in on this with me. So like, I have, I, I cannot not do this. Um, and that's when I started the business. And from there, just kept going. Uh, ended up quitting my job a year and a half into Horatio and started doing Horatio full time. Yeah. And so we lived in Florida. I got married, let's see, four years ago and just had my first baby this year. It's been a big year. We moved Mm -hmm. to Florida last year. 
opened our warehouse down here to fulfill all of our orders. And now we're living in Florida, super random and have a baby. And, uh, God's just used us in in big ways. We've raised over $59,000 to fight human trafficking through our partnership with a 21. Yeah. So that's kind of the story of me and how, you know, God really found me. And then we started working together on this little business. Well, you just preached to me (laughs) what you were saying about feeling like, uh, do you you know who you're talking to God when he was (laughs) trying to get you to do something? That's how I felt when this podcast started. And I was like, but there Mm -hmm. are better Christians than me out there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But then when you start thinking about the characters in the Bible, they were real people Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. they weren't the number one Christians mm-hmm. <laughs> chose them and started using them. So yeah, he can use anybody at any point in your journey. If he's got a plan, you better hop on board. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So where does the name Horatio Printing come from? So Horatio, so I had, to, I told you I started the business in three months. So we had to come up with the name mm-hmm. pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> I remember sitting on the couch with my roommate being like, oh my gosh, what are we going to name this? She was so good. She was so helpful. And we looked up the name Horatio because at the time I was living on Hudson and Horatio Street in the West Village, really on the cusp of the West Village meets the meatpacking district um, right there on Hudson, close to Gansevoort, if you're familiar. Um, but anyways, Horatio is this tiny little street. It's cobblestone. It's really cute. And I looked up the meaning of Horatio and it means in Latin, timekeeper. Oh, wow. Which a planner is kind of like a timekeeper, yeah. you know? So it just kind of made sense. Also like the name Horatio, it's not like Hudson or something really, really popular. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, well, that would be good. Just kind of use kind of a name that like, isn't around a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the fun fact. When I went <laughs> to do this, I'm a terrible speller. I was always bad at math. I was, I've been working with this limiting belief of not being smart enough. And uh, been overcoming that these years, and I misspelled Horatio when I filed for my LLC, <laughs> and so I actually spelled it with a C instead of a T, which was super embarrassing. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to tell anybody. But that's like, no, I actually do need to tell people because the thing is, when you pursue a dream, you're going to make huge mistakes. You're going to have these setbacks that make you go, oh my gosh, see, see, right here, I'm not even capable enough to spell a thing right. How can I run a business? Mm-hmm. And the other fun fact is that the Horacio, which is actually the pronunciation of business, although we don't call it that, mm-hmm. um, really attracts a large like Spanish-speaking market. So oh, we've wow. had this incredible Spanish-speaking market really get into Horatio printing because it's the Spanish spelling. Um, so it's like, God's really, uh, used it and like yeah. God can take anything and be like, no, that's good. Actually, that's perfect. That's exactly what I wanted you to do. So that's kind of funny because like, mis- don't let, you know, mistakes hold you back from anything. Yeah. I love that. You have more than just a planner. You have other. Yeah. So we started with the dream planner, um, which it's a thick, thick art paper inside, which for me, that's like my everything is like mm-hmm. having good art paper. So everything we print has like that nice thick art paper, but we also launched our Bible studies. So we do soap Bible studies based on different seasons of life. If you're not familiar with soap, it stands for scripture, observation, application, prayer. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to have a soap journal to do it. You could just get your Bible in a journal and basically you read a scripture and then you write down your observation 
how to apply it to your life and then your prayer. And we did this one night at like first Thursday at Hillsong and our pastor just had us all do it as a congregation. And I was like, wow, this is so good because I've never really read a scripture and truly journaled. How do I apply this to my life today? How do I walk this out? You know, Mm -hmm. what do I change about my life now that I've read this? And I think that's really the core behind uh, the renewing of your mind. And so I love that method. And I decided to build the Seasons of Soap journal. Basically, it's like a choose your own adventure based on different seasons of life, like a season of finding purpose, a season of transition, a season of loss, a season of anxiety, a season of waiting. And it's a 14 day journey for each word. So we've selected verses that talk about purpose. We've selected verses that talk about waiting or transition or anxiety or joy or wisdom. And you just, you journal beforehand what you want to learn or like what you're asking God for. You do the 14 days and then you journal again and then you start a new season. Each volume has like five seasons in it. And that's been really, really powerful. We have, we have two volumes. I'm working on volume three right now. And that's been really fun to watch people do that. People buy them in bulk for like Bible studies and things like that. Mm. So that's been cool. We also built a storybook for married couples to help them write their story past, present, and future and remember why they fell in love, get on the same page with common goals for their family and values and hopes for the future, and also to celebrate where they're at now and how far they've come. I was thinking of people who needed those different things. That's a good resource Mm -hmm. for gifting, you know, this time of year, of course. Yeah. But anytime, like when you said, you know, a season of loss, that's one of the times when you really want to do something for somebody and it is so mm-hmm. hard to figure out what to do. What can I give oh, yeah. somebody who's going through, who's grieving, you know, who's lost yeah. a person or a relationship. That's when you want to be there for somebody and you can't do anything to fix it, but finding a way that you can give them a tool to work through it. That's, that's great. I'm going to keep that in my back pocket yeah. a gift for that. So tell us what makes your planner different from all the others. So I was talking about the thick paper. I think that's probably my favorite, uh, one of my favorite things. But it's less about your to-dos and more about who do I want to become. Because our schedule truly determines who we will become. You know, Mm -hmm. are we going to become super well-versed on everything that Netflix has to offer? You know, (laughs) or, or are we trying to become you know, uh, edu- more educated, or are we trying to become a more present mom? Are we trying to become, you know, healthy? Are we trying to become more spiritually peaceful? It walks you through all these exercises in the front, like dream planning, a personal growth plan for every area of your life, spiritually, physically, relationally, professionally, personally, um, financially, and then how to break that down into quarterly It also has areas for generosity planning, for being intentional with who am I praying for this season? Who am I encouraging this season? What do I make more time for? Um, Heart check. Who do I need to forgive? What fears are holding me back? So it's a space to really work out a lot of the things that I've learned in sermons. Um, A lot Mm -hmm. of things in the planner are based off of good sermons I heard. Sometimes you hear something that's like, unless you really take the time to change and to write it down and to apply it, you know, it just kind of goes in one and out the other. So um, it's a space to really work through fears and to make intentions on how you want to craft your life. 
we believe that, you know, everyone is an artist. And so we want to help people unleash their inner artist and connect with their God-given purpose. At the end of each month, there's a section for praise reports. Um, so you can write down what went right this month, what you're thankful for, and just cultivate gratitude. Each week has a Bible verse that you can kind of focus on for the week. And it's, there's no color inside. It's all very minimalistic, clean lines, lots of white space, lots of margin. Mm. So that's kind of the planner in a nutshell. Do you know your Enneagram number? Mm-hmm. I'm a seven. I, I figured you are. Me too. <laughs> um, and I'm other than, you know, a podcast, I'm an artist also. I do watercolor and oh, cool. Well, more lettering than calligraphy these days. Yeah. When you said art paper, I was like sold. <laughs> yeah. When I used to go into sales meetings, I would take like a um, artist sketch pad mm-hmm. and take all the notes on a big one, you know, one of those big ones with the lady on the front with the brown cover. Yeah. Yeah. And people, people are like, why do you have that notepad? I'm like, I just really like writing on good paper. Yeah. <laughs> so like, okay. And the pen matters. Don't just hand me some random pen. Yeah, absolutely. Ones I need. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah, and that's why the paper's so thick. Like in our white marble planner, it's 160 GSM cardstock. So oh, wow. you could use like a Sharpie yeah. fine tip on it. Oh. So that's important. So I don't know. Paper, minimalist design and thick luxurious paper is our love language as a brand. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like it. You're speaking my language. Yeah. Yeah. So before we started recording, you were telling me about an event that you have coming up and I saw something else that you have coming up in 2020. So tell mm-hmm. us about what you're doing besides making planners. Yeah. So one of the things I've been really excited about is to do more experiences. Um, I, a few years ago launched dream planning parties. And it's where you get together with your girlfriends or whomever, and you set up your planner together. Like you do some of the dream planning together and you, you kind of tell everybody what your dream is, you know, which I think is really important for (laughs) accountability. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, and also what, you know, what you're going through or what, what's stressing you out, you know, it takes you through a couple different things to like, um, especially the, the refocus cloud, like what, what, what distractions am I dealing with? What am I focused on? What are my passions? You know, and so it's just stuff to work through as a group. And the first year I created a hosting packet and just let people download it for free and have their event and an attendee packet. So if you did the event, you don't have to have a planner. You can just get these free resources. And um, we had like 200 people sign up, like people mm-hmm. in South Africa, people in Australia. And I was like, what? Wow. And so um, these events started happening, I guess like three years ago. And so those have been happening. And then I did one in New York two years ago. And then I was like, okay, I've got to do a big one this year, decided to do it in Florida where I'm at so I could have it local. And we have about 60 women coming. Um, some are flying in. It's going to be this big epic dream planning party, full day, setting up the planner. We have speakers, we have a panel, um, huge swag bags. Like we're doing vision boards. It's going to be like really, really great. Um, and then in January, I'm leading a retreat with this woman, Amy Brady, who's my spiritual direction coach. She's fantastic. She leads retreats all the time. Mm-hmm. I've never done a retreat. And so I'm kind of, she kind of invited me to do one with her, but she's kind of handling a lot of it. Um, but it's at the beach and we are going to be doing like our life canvas retreat. So it'll also incorporate holy yoga um, and, you know, just kind of restorative meditation and spiritual direction um, along with some excursions to like a prayer labyrinth and an mm-hmm. art museum. 
Um, so it's going to be really fun. I'm super excited. It's over at Martin Luther King weekend. And so, yeah, that's happening in January. My Epic Dream Planning Party will probably be over by the time this launches. But yeah. if anyone's listening and they're like, I want to host one of those parties, I want those free resources, you can sign up and get those on my website. And it gives you the free packet as a host. And the hosting packet even comes with a script. Like, here's a prayer. Here's exactly what you oh, say wow. at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Here's exactly what you say before this thing. And mm-hmm. that way, um, not that you have to, but it's there for you yeah. if you just want to look down and read because you're kind of nervous about hosting a mm-hmm. group or whatever. Just wanted to make it as simple as possible. That is a great resource. We'll definitely link to all of that in the show notes so people can find it. Anybody who has stepped out in faith and started a business or started a ministry, anytime that you put yourself out there, you are facing failure Mm -hmm. (laughs) and criticism and judgment, and it can be really scary. So what kinds of challenges have you faced? That's such a good question. So I'm pretty lucky in the sense that like the customers I do have are like literally angels. The ratio (laughs) printing family is like the best. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to joke when I was doing Horatio printing as my side hustle um, at work, when I'd open up my regular laptop, it would be like all this terrible emails. And then I'd open (laughs) up my Horatio printing email and it was like doves flying out of the computer because it was like people just being really nice, really grace-filled. Because we've had plenty of challenges over the year with um, things getting stuck in customs or things being late or whatever. And our customers are, are angels. But of course I've dealt with tons of struggle and I, I, I still dr- struggle with the belief that like, I'm just not good enough or I'm not smart enough mm-hmm. and just my value. And so recently I did one of my first trade shows. I went to this Pinterest conference in Salt Lake city, Utah. I got invited to pinners and they were like, you've got to come, you got to buy a booth. You're going to crush it. It's a really Christian population. And I looked into my analytics on my website and I have like no customers in Salt Lake City, Utah. So I'm like, Hmm. you know, this is great. I'll break into a new market. Fantastic. So I have to ship enough product there to like pay for it. So I ship like, I don't know, let's call it like 280 planners, like 700 pounds worth of product to this event um, on a freight truck. And then I ship myself and my best friend from middle school to, to, to the trade show and, um, and we get there. I'm so excited. I set up my booths, my first booth ever in like a real giant trade show. Mm-hmm. And there's supposed to be 17,000 women coming. Oh, wow. Yeah. There were 400 booths there. This place was gigantic. Women coming to, you know, bake cakes and paint on wood and whatever you would find on Pinterest that's a craft, like people were coming there to do it. It was mm-hmm. just a big explosion of like Etsy. Okay. <laughs> and so, we get our booth set up and I have never faced so much rejection to my face in such a short condensed amount of time. I mean, of course I couldn't expect everyone to buy one. I was thinking, you know, 1% would buy one or Mm -hmm. or a small amount. Like we had 22,000 women come to this trade show and I probably sold like 50 planners. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I just heard a lot of like, oh, it's nice. But like, I would never use a planner. Like who uses planners anymore? You know, or like people would think I couldn't hear them. I think a lot of people thought I worked for some man named Horatio. And so (laughs) like, it was like, uh, you know, and I guess people, you know, people reject my brand all the time. I just don't hear them or see them. 
because of the internet. And so anyways, um, the first day we sell like 10% of our inventory and I'm pretty bummed and everyone's like, Oh, tomorrow's going to be great. Tomorrow's going to be great. We get, you know, more people on Saturday. And then the next day we sold like 5% of our inventory. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I've got to ship all this heavy stuff back from my hotel tonight before my flight. Blah, blah, blah. I'm just freaking out. So this woman comes up to my booth, two hours left to go in the show. At this point, I'm really ready to sell these at whatever price. And she's like, all right, well, this is nice. Tell me about the planner. So I tell her about the planner and she's like, okay, well, how low can you go? And I'm like, well, we've been doing 20% off, but you know what? I'll do this price. And I give her like a super low price. And she's like, is that as low as you can go? Like, can you go a little lower? And I was like, oh, you know, and, and yeah. I went like super duper low. And she just kind of looks at me and she's like, all right, well, show me what else you have. So she goes to look at the other things on my table and she just keeps asking questions, asking questions. And she looks at my friend, Stephanie, and she goes, so like, do you use one? And my friend's like, yeah, I love it. I've used it for three years. It's great. Blah, blah, blah. And then she looks at the planner a little more and she looks up at me and she's like, do you really use it? Uh-huh. And I looked at her and I said, yes. It's like, I created this. <laughs> and she's like, oh, oh, I didn't realize. Good for you. And at that moment, I just had this pit in my stomach, you know, and like, I was kind of welling up. Like it was a pity compliment, you know? And I'm like, it's like in that moment, God is so sweet. In that moment, he just said, you're better than this. And like your value is not based on how you feel right now. Mm -hmm. And she just had no idea that like, I put myself into this planner, you know, like there's so much intention in this planner. There's so much detail. There's so much purpose. There's so much value that she just didn't understand. When I was replaying this story later out loud in my car, a week later, (laughs) I'm telling the story out loud. And as soon as I repeated what that woman said, you know, the, but do you really use it? I just felt like God was like, Polly, this is how I feel Mm. about my children. Mm -hmm. You know, my children say, God, do you really want to use me? Do you really see value in me? Do you really see purpose in me? Potential? Do you really love me? And God's like, yes, I created you. There's so much purpose in you. There's so much intention in you. I created you so uniquely the way your mind works and your heart breaks and the way everything about you, there's so much more value than you realize in what you know, you know, and that's how he feels. And like, mm-hmm. he just, he loves us so much. And we really have just the sweetest father. And that was just such a sweet thing that he revealed to me. It was like, wow, I never would have thought this rejection would have led to such a epiphany from God of just my value, you know? Yeah. And the, the end of the story is that the woman didn't even buy the <laughs> Oh my <laughs> goodness. Just but it's okay after all that we move on (laughs) I know (laughs) so you ended up having to ship all of that back yeah yeah which was fine we resell things that get shipped a lot as little loved um so we're gonna do a little love sell and like things that you know have been moved around a lot Mm -hmm. bumped a little bit here and there uh we resell at like a fractional price and Mm. those usually go pretty quick but it's just, yeah. it was just different, you know, going to a place where no one knew you, you know, and putting yeah. yourself out there. It just, it took me back to just like the beginning because it was the beginning for that market. You know, yeah. I think rejection is actually really powerful because if God's going to use you, 
you have to be ready for it. You yeah. have to, you know, like every person that is elevated in any platform, like you face more rejection. So I think in some ways it, it's really a way to build you for your next promotion. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of guaranteed that's going to happen in this world. You would have trouble. Like you're told mm-hmm. it's going to mm-hmm. happen. Okay. So the last question that I always ask is because of your own story, what do you know about God that the rest of us may not? I know that he is ready to partner with anybody listening to make your big dream happen and Mm -hmm. that he cares about what lights you up and what makes you happy and that he just sees so much more value and potential in you than you can even imagine. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for taking the time to do this. I know you're busy right now. Yeah. But it's I'm, a crazy I'm, time, but I'm so thankful. Yes. And I wanted to get you in, you know, before the new year, when everybody's ready to start fresh in a new year, start with a new planner that's not just about time, but about mm-hmm. dreams and who mm-hmm. you are. And the best is yet to come. <laughs> the best is yet to come. I think she's right. And I have already started planning for next year, and I can't tell you how much I love the art paper. That is so fabulous to me. But aside from that, (laughs) I love the things that Polly shared about her own experiences and how God used so many different ways to get her to where she is, working for Him in His kingdom. If there's something you heard in Polly's story that someone else needs to hear, share this with them tag us so we know that you're sharing them and of course tell Polly thank you for sharing and give her business some love. She has been so kind to give us a coupon code and it is KNOWN15 when you shop at her store for 15% off. As always I want to leave you with a blessing. This time I want to bless our time and our future. The first one that comes to mind is of course Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And I really love 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 20-22. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through Him the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both you and us stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit into our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come.